Welcome to the Financial Dads Podcast with Paul Fagan and Jody Fisher. This is the podcast for all dads who want to succeed with life's topics, especially related to family and finances. And here's my dad, Paul Fagan. Hey, Jody. How you doing? Hello, Paul. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. Uh, doing well. Happy uh, Independence Day. Yes. I'm going to post on Monday, then, you know, so... As you're listening to this, Independence Day, two days in the rearview mirror, but I hope everybody had a good uh, holiday weekend. Yes, I think um, I'm reading the news. Um, I think a lot of barbecues, a lot less fireworks, hopefully a lot safer. Fourth Not in of July. my neighborhood. I don't know about you. The <laughs> 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 kids across the street are shooting off fireworks like they're going out of style, man. Oh, that's that's great. I mean, that's great. I mean, aside, they, fireworks are dangerous. Look, and and we always use. I always usually say, leave them to the professionals. I don't think there are any professionals doing fireworks. Th- that's the crux year. of the problem. So just please, whatever you do, be careful. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Well, today's topic, uh, we're going to talk about financial advice for our high school graduates. Um, this is going to be uh, part one of a series of two. Where the next uh, episode, I'm not sure when we're going to have that episode, but we're going to talk about college uh, graduation. So, uh, Jody, you and I are um, have been through both <laughs> a long time ago, <laughs> and boy, have things I changed. I barely remember it. Yeah, it is crazy. But you know, first, uh, let's talk about some news we saw this past week. Uh, so, the first news story is from the Pittsburgh Post Gazette. High school graduates are changing their college plans because of COVID nineteen. Um, I read this article, Jody. Nothing surprised me in here. And I believe uh, we've done several podcasts related to the expense of college and how to pay for it and, and such and, and 529 plans. And man, it's I think COVID-19, uh, if there's any silver lining, it might be the breaking point for the college system where people are just waking up and realizing, man, this stuff shouldn't be as expensive as it is and you know looking through this article people are putting off college college uh, savings have been drained by families just to eat pay rent so you know i think from a pandemic perspective it is pretty sad but in the end maybe it's a wake-up call because you know i and we'll talk about this today i have a little bit of a personal story around this whole thing but um man i couldn't believe um well i shouldn't say that I can believe the story because I think it's it's everything we've been talking about. Everything's been boiling up, and now we're finally seeing people saying, you know, enough's enough. If I can't afford it, time out. I'm going to scream uncle. I'm not going to borrow, you know, all my money. I'm not going to borrow a bunch of money to go to college, and I'm going to have to pay back five, $600,000. Jody, what was your take on this story? Yeah, this story to me outlines sort of the one-two punch moment that we're in here. And not only are college students reconsidering their college plans in the wake of the health crisis that is presented by coronavirus and COVID-19, but they're also reconsidering those plans in the form of the financial crisis that's been created by having to react to the to the health crisis. And as you outlined, Paul, and as the article talks about, you know, if if a, if a family is suddenly thrown out of work, they may be dipping into that college savings if they even have any to put food on the table. Um, so this is one of these watershed moments, kind of these things where all, everything is coming together. And you're right, Paul. I think it is going to create um, this this reconsider moment throughout um, all levels of our society when it comes to higher education and college. And what do you do? Where do you go? How do you pay for it? How do we execute it? Because um, I, I do think, uh, you know, when I say this in the context of actually having some college 
some colleges as clients, um, it is a little bit of a hot mess at the college level in terms of the way things are structured. And it's a, it's, it's sort of partially, it's got one foot in the past and it's got one foot in the future. And, and you've got this crisis moment where you, every, nobody knows what to do. And, and I'm also coming down on the side of the colleges, you know, this is hard. I mean, no one knows what to do here. And so they got to figure it out. Um, so, so interesting article here and a very interesting topic that we'll talk about. Yep, absolutely. And one of the things that they also talked about in the article, besides people putting off going to college, is students are changing their career plans and, and in terms of field of study, where they're talking about um, multiple, I guess, you know, 31% will change their course of study to health services. 29% will consider fields where telework is a viable option and layoffs are less likely. That's pretty smart. I did not think about that. 18% will change their course study to a public safety field and 11% will consider working for either state or local government. So it is in line with whatever we're seeing, right? People who are really surviving, if you want to use the word well, are the people that can telework, right? And the people that work for state and local government, um, they you know, th there's a lot of lot to be said here for um, you know, and and health services, right? All these fields have have been in a steady state. So I thought that was an interesting um, view of, of of why you know what people are going to be looking for from a from a college perspective. Did you have any uh, further insights on that on those percentages, Jody? Yeah, they're interesting percentages. No, I don't. Um, yeah, other than just to say that I think jobs follow demand. Um, and with the current healthcare crisis that we're in, um, and then the overflow from that into different sectors of the economy, you're going to see a focus on responding to the needs that are created by those different sectors of the economy. And, and, you know, the old joke, you know, the two jobs that are always in demand, baby doctors and undertakers. Um, but, but th it's true that, you know, healthcare is always going to be in demand. So if you're inclined to healthcare, um, I would say go for it because you're always going to have a job. Yep. Very cool. Very cool. Uh, the second story, which I guess is from cashmoneylife.com. It's not really a news story, but I thought it was an interesting article nonetheless. Uh, posted in May 3rd, uh, 2019, and the title is Financial Advice for the High School Graduates. So it, it is in line, and we're going to talk about a lot of these things today. I thought it was a good uh, a good overview of what need of what's needed, right? Understand how personal finance works, spend less than you earn, make a budget, be careful with credit, only use student loans for college expenses. Uh, then I did realize this is sort of a mm, quasi-advertisement because it says- Yeah, this says, is an ad. This is a paid yeah, ad, but yep. that's okay. It reads like an article. And and the stuff that's still in here still makes sense. Yep, absolutely. That's why- Just a, just a little ad it. thrown in. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Dave Ramsey baby steps. So I think it was, you know, in the background here, we have Dave Ramsey. Uh, hi, Dave. Um, <laughs> with his baby steps thrown in here, which which are valid. I still have a copy um, pasted up in my office somewhere on the wall here. Um, and uh, start an emergency fund, try to save money, have fun, never stop learning in, in school or outside of school. So I think these are all great topics that we're going to dig deep into today. Um, so I think we'll, we'll move on to the weekly topic and jump right in. Financial advice for our high school graduates. So my current situation, Jody, I just went to my niece's graduation, upstate New York, where she was the valedictorian. Uh, gave a speech. They, you know, there's 22 kids in her senior class. Uh, they managed to have the graduation outside. So, you know, except for the social distancing aspect, a lot of the same rituals um, 
and ceremony were in place. So uh, my niece got lucky that she was able to kind of finish up high school with that experience. A lot of kids are not at this point uh, with the video drive-bys and stuff like that that are happening for many graduating classes. But, um, you know, I got to spend some time with my family. And, you know, we were talking and, you know, she was set to go to, to um, our alma mater, Fordham. And it just, you know, long story short, she's going to take a year off now. Um, after working through the numbers, uh, Fordham just became prohibitively expensive uh, between the private loans that she would need and the, the payoff at the end. Um, so she is actually uh, course correcting and she's going to take a year off, uh, work locally and save her money and then target some, some, some uh, very good state schools here in New York State. Um, so, you know, I think for her uh, and for me, it was a great primer to, to hear for this topic this week, Jody, because as we talked about before, the, the college state, you know, the college costs have gotten extremely out of control. And it, it's sort of sad when you have the valedictorian of a class who's struggling to figure out what to do uh, in terms of college because the world should be her oyster. And it's not. Uh, it's very, very crazy nowadays. Uh, my nephew graduated last year. He's got a great job. He's a he's a welder. Does very well. Uh, one year out of school, it's just incredible the, how well he's doing um, in his job. I'm very proud of him. And uh, both kids are on their way. And 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 they've. I think people can take a lesson from my niece uh, in terms of you know calm down. Uh, realize the situation and work on a plan to get you to where you want to be. And, and so I'm very proud of both my niece and my nephew for what they've done in the past two years. Um, I look back and remember my graduation, Jody, it seemed much easier. I don't know why. My parents were, they didn't have the money to send me to Fordham either. But somehow back then it all sort of worked. We were able to get a loan and the payment was okay. I took over the payments early, early on in my college career. I worked throughout college, talked about this in the past, um, and I was able to pay off my loan, um, you know, in, in a decent amount of time. And so, you know, my wife had student loans for her uh, law school. We paid those off. Um, and now I'm in the situation where I have to prep my son because in two years he's going to be off to college. And a lot of lessons learned in the past uh, several weeks for me. And, um, you know, it'll be some, some very good conversations as we move forward. Um, Jody, what's your current situation when it comes to, uh, high school graduations, your own, your kids, et cetera? Paul, those are, that's some great stories about, uh, your family there and, um, and, and hats off to your niece, uh, for having the cool head that she does. Um, we don't have high schoolers yet in our family uh, and certainly don't have college kids in our family. And thank goodness for a number of reasons, because we need a lot more time to save. I think if I could put push pause button on the financial saving, the like, uh, financial savings clock, I'd push it pause for about 12 or 15 years. <laughs> You're going to need it. It's I, crazy. That's the time I need to save up even a moderate amount of money to send kids to college. Um, you know, you look all around again in the context of what we've got going on with the, with the COVID crisis that we have, colleges are announcing everything from, um, tuition freezes, um, to tuition hikes, um, which I can't imagine announcing a tuition hike in this context at this time. But, uh, in any case, you know, everybody's trying to figure out what they're going to do in the fall and the fall is two months away. But besides that, this year, 
who the heck is going away to college? I mean, I see colleges are talking about, you know, opening up and holding, you know, a degree of face-to-face -face classes and opening up their residence halls, but putting restrictions in the residence halls. And I'm trying to think to myself, who is going to put themselves in that environment when you have no idea, as we stand here today, Paul, we still have very little information on on COVID-19 and how quickly it um, it transmits. We, we you know we we know we know how it transmits, but we don't know to the extent or the scope or the you know there's still so many unanswered questions about it. And and we're reading stories just this morning about COVID cases going back up, especially in the South where they're surging because people refuse to wear masks. So when you mix all of this stuff together, and I don't want to get on a political soapbox, but when you mix all this stuff together, we've got a very volatile environment that just, to me, makes traditional the traditional college experience this fall just completely impossible. Um, and Zoom kids are not what, Zoom classes are not what college kids want, I don't think. Um, Paul, you and I remember our college days, you know, part of the part of the enjoyment of that experience was actually being on campus with other people, um, being in social situations, learning, having fun, having experiences, and doing all that together. Um, kids don't want to do that over Zoom. Um, so why are you going to pay full freight to be on Zoom? I just, it doesn't make sense to me. So I'm imagining that a lot of kids are going to take a gap year this year. They're going to work. They're going to save. And good on them if they do. Um, but we'll see. Um, but uh, going back to, to Paul, just to that last uh, uh, news story that we talked about in the news section, and while we're talking about Zoom classes for kids, um, I would say parents, you know, with with the coming uh, academic year for your for your little kids, and I'm thinking of mine who are going into sixth and third grade, um, see what you can do to talk to your um, school district about um, while they're creating all these Zoom classes around, you know, math and science and social studies and everything else. Ask them if they got a, a financial literacy program baked in there. Um, there's a statistic out there, and you don't have to look too hard to find it. More than 80% of states, public school systems in states in the U.S., do not have a formal financial literacy program in their high schools. That is an absolute embarrassment. We don't teach kids in this country how to manage money in a formal environment, the way we teach science and math and whatever else inside a classroom. It's an embarrassment. The best thing that we do is they graduate, we hand them a credit card, and we say, good luck. That is not financial literacy. So uh, see what you can do with your school district on that this year. And and while you're at home, you know, be teaching kids how to manage their money too because, uh, and, and do it by example. You know, you're, you're home a lot, obviously, uh, maybe for reasons that, that you don't want to be home. Um, maybe you have financial crises going on in the house. Um, let them in a little bit. You don't have to let them in on the stress if you've got stress. But let them in a little bit on how you're you're managing the money and let them let them see the process. Let them start to understand it. You know, don't just be handing out money for Fortnite skins and stuff like that. Um, you know, and 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 explain to them when you have money challenges, too, and how they can pitch in and help. And I think it'll do a lot to, to really help them um, plan their own futures when when they start to look towards things that, that they need to buy, like college. Oh, absolutely. And, and a lot of things that you mentioned here um jostled a lot of things in my mind so you know uh going off on a little bit of a tangent my son uh, over the past week he was in pennsylvania with my in-laws and he he wandered into the water um and it was a little deeper than he suspected and he uh, long story short he he ruined his iphone 
so it got waterlogged and of course you know i got the frantic phone calls um you know from the from the landline um you know telling me what happened right so we tried all the tricks that you see uh rice uh you know packing in rice and stuff like that and it worked overnight for maybe 24 hours and then the phone just died i mean most people who know once you get water into a phone it's probably a lost cause at this point so which is why i still don't go swimming with my apple watch on (laughs) that's right i don't care hear what they say <laughs> yep absolutely absolutely so long story short he comes home and i had bought a new iphone 8 uh, i found one on ebay i fixed his sister's phone which had a cracked screen so when he got home before i had even had a chance to give him the phone he came to me on the side and said listen dad he goes you know i was thinking about it i, I don't think i need a phone i could survive with my computer like he really was sincere about like don't worry about it dad you don't have to fix it and I said, oh, my God, like, this is like, <laughs> you know, there was no, he's so wonderful from that perspective. And I gave him the iPhone 8. And he was very happy. He gave me a hug. He was surprised. I put the SIM card from the old phone into the iPhone 8, and we downloaded from the iCloud, and it's working, right? And he was very thankful and grateful. Um, you know, I think for my son, um, I've also, you know, I talked to my kids about college, and you know, and we had this discussion on a very high level about, you know, what you, you want to, you got to do what you love and whether that's college or a trade school, or you want to go to the military, whatever that is, you have to follow your heart. I don't think I did that enough. I don't think my brother did that enough. And, um, and I think for us, uh, having the parents kind of force the direction, uh, probably wasn't the most optimal thing. You want to have some direction, but you can't have it forced. Right. So I think for me, what, what kind of comes to my mind is, you know, I have to make sure I convey to my son that, you know, we are thankful and grateful in our family. We, we have money saved for college so the kids can go to college. We'll figure that part out. Um, and once again, thankful and grateful that we've been able to save some some money. And so I do have to emphasize with him that, you know, when the time comes, I don't want him to think about not going to school because of money. Which is sad, right? Because that's what kids are doing now, right? Is they're, they're, you know, they figure, well, I can't go to college because I can't afford it. Um, there's a different mindset I think you have to have, right? And I think, like I said earlier in the podcast, my, my niece has that mindset is everyone could go to college. It's there if you can do it in a smart manner, right? A little bit of time off, a little bit of savings, a little bit of scholarship, a little bit of right choice, right school, figuring it out and 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 you could go right so i think for my son i'll have to definitely convince him that look we we can send you to college you know we'll work with you on it so don't don't put off college i don't think you can't go to college because of money we're thankful and grateful we're able to do that um the second thing that came to mind jody was and i posted it on our facebook page is there's this brilliant rant from uh, uh it's on youtube it's called the rant the college implosion and it was part of Vice Network. Today, we're talking about higher education and how COVID-19 may be the long overdue fist of stone that meets the chin higher education has been sticking out for the last several decades. Here's a look at how colleges have been squeezing students for 30 years. First, tuition costs have exploded 1,400% since 1978. Think about that, tuition costs of 15X. Give this a listen, and Jody, I just posted it. It's something to check out, and it talks about college and how expensive it's gotten and the reasons why. 
because you touched upon that. And it's a very good video. And our good friend Joe Tassone posted it in one of his rants on his Facebook page. So thank you, Joe, for posting this. Maybe this is a catalyst for a third uh, podcast at some point where we just talk about how ridiculous college um, tuition is. But this is a good um, uh, video to watch for any parent or child out there uh, to check out. Um, I think also, to your point, Jody, uh, college, the experience, it's much more than the Zoom, right? I met uh, I met you, I met Ken, I met a whole bunch of very good friends I consider my best friends from college, met my wife in college. Um, the social interaction, uh, both in class and outside of class, is a huge part of, of college, uh, of kind of growing up. But we're seeing that in the workplace now. The Zoom workplace is very interesting, but it, it, it cuts out all the kind of impromptu conversations at, at the, at the uh, coffee machine or on a business trip um, or those in-person meetings, those intangibles that are prevalent within corporate and, and within corporate world, I think are the same in, 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 uh, in, in college. Um, and then the last part I want to hit upon is around this literacy, which I think is very interesting. I, as we've talked about in the past and kind of a catalyst for this podcast is I've been working on a book that's, you know, uh, to my kids that talks about um, financial literacy uh, and and not just, you know, what is a bank account, what is a checking account, but if you buy a house and you have to get uh, the kitchen redone, get three bids, right? Don't stop at the first one you get. Always get three bids. And I try to talk about that in the book. And we've talked about this in the past, Jody, um, where, you know, I have like 400 pages written, but like, I just haven't had time. I've had to put it aside. I haven't done much with it. But worst case, uh, something happens to me. Um, I could print it off and uh, give it to my kids. And, and, and your kids are welcome to it as well, Jody. Um, and, and like we talk about in the podcast, it's all the mistakes that I've made. It's all the success I've had. Very little. A lot of mistakes. Uh, and talk about it in the book. So I, Paul, I know I'll, I... You know what I'll do is I'll give my kids your book. Because if I give them my <laughs> book, they won't read it. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's true. Um, well, I've talked about it with my son. He's anxious to read it at some point, but that's for another daytime podcast. So I know I went off on a lot of tangents there, Jody, but uh, I just wanted to unload a little bit um, just in case my son is listening. Hey, buddy, we could afford to send you to college, so don't don't think otherwise. And I don't, I'm not saying that in an egotistical manner. I'm saying that in a family manner. We'll pull together and, and we'll, we'll get you there. So don't worry about the money part. We'll, we'll figure that out together. Oh, hey, Captain. Did you get my report on the Finley murder? Uh, yeah, I looked it over. Nice work. Good. Thanks, Dad. Why is everyone staring at me? Um, so I guess we'll jump into the topics, right? And, and I think uh, for a high school grad... Um, kind of recircling back, um, talking about making a budget. Whether you're going to college or not, you just graduated high school, diploma in hand, you're going out into the workforce, you're going to college, you need a budget. Jody, what's your thought when it comes to making sure you have a budget right off the bat? It is it is where you begin, right? You can't accomplish anything without your plan. Your budget is your plan. Your budget is also your contract with the people who are the beneficiaries of it, right? So whether that's um, your wife your kids, you know, your mother, whoever, whoever's involved in the budget, whoever's going to be putting money in and taking money out of the budget, they all need to be in on that budget. They, they need to, you know, sign it like a contract and not go off it and not violate it. Um, the budget is, 
is square one where you start to, to accomplish anything. Um, and so in creating that budget, you need to put that line in there that has a regular savings pattern for, in this case, college, right? Whatever you're trying to sp start trying to save for, you need to put that line item in there and you need to save for it every single pay period without fail uh, and not violate it. Um, so, so yeah, budget, square one, do it. Yep, absolutely, absolutely. And I think um, the next topic we want to touch upon is be careful with credit. I know that, uh, yeah, uh, we, <laughs> we've talked about this in past episodes, right? And you can listen to my story on this. Uh, from, but when I was at Fordham, I got confronted by uh, the credit card company. Um, and they gave me a credit card. And I ran that thing up to about $6,000, five or $6,000. And then um, I struggled to pay it back. And ever since then, I swore off keeping stuff on the credit card for an extended period of time. I still use credit cards uh, in my day-to-day -day financial life, but I haven't had a balance since then, since the, uh, I guess, 90, oh gosh, 92, 91? I can't remember when I, last time I had a balance on a credit card. Um, just something to, to keep in mind is making sure that you have to be careful with it. You have to use it wisely. Um, it's a tool and it's like a chainsaw. And I think we've talked about that in the past, um, where the analogy is a credit card is like a chainsaw. If you know how to use it, it's great. If you don't know how to use it, you, you might you might slice it into your legs and have to go to the hospital. So, Jody, what's your take when it comes to being careful with credit? I got this image of you with a visa sticking out of your thigh. Yeah. But, <laughs> I'm telling you. Um, I'm telling you. You know, I mean, I mean, I agree. Look, for 90 percent of of us credit cards are a bad thing, right? Just they're the easiest, let's not say they're a bad thing. They're the easiest way to get in trouble fast, right? Uh, because you spend more quicker when you just zip in that plastic because it doesn't hurt, right? And when you pull cash out of your pocket and other financial pros, including Dave Ramsey, who you've mentioned earlier, Paul, you know, you got to pull cash out of your pocket or even when you zip it on the debit card, even debit card doesn't have that ouch feeling. Um, when you spend on credit, you spend it fast, you spend it big, uh, and you don't look back until you're you're staring at that bill that's got you know seventeen hundred and fifty dollars. It's due in three days, and it's got a twenty six percent interest on it. Um, don't use a credit card. Yeah, absolutely. And for for those kids who just graduated from high school, uh, my my, I think our advice is try to stay away from them. Um, they could really get you in trouble. You've heard, you know, uh, I got in trouble with them. Jody, you've talked about in the past. You've gotten in trouble with credit cards. It seems like any anyone who's had one, they get in trouble with them. And and the and the lucky ones only have trouble with a credit card once, and they learn their lesson. But there's a lot of people out there, a lot of adults out there, who have never learned their lesson with credit cards. And it's a rinse and a repeat pattern that is pretty sad. They they run up the credit card to a point where they can hardly pay it back. They'll refinance their home. They'll take out a private loan, whatever it is to pay it off. And then once again, they'll run up the credit card again. And it's it's a lifetime pattern that you don't want to be stuck in. So kids out there, please, if you take anything away from the podcast today, be careful with credit. You're better off without it. Um, I know that they talk about building credit for home or for this or for that. There's other ways to do it. Um, and and um, you could do it without just like Jody and I just said, you could do it with just using it, paying it off immediately. And maybe that's the mantra is if you're going to use a credit card, pretend it's cash and pay it off immediately. Yeah, I tell my kids, if, if I don't have the cash in my account to buy it, that means I can't afford it. Yep, absolutely. I couldn't, and we'll figure out a way to save for it. We're just going to have to wait a couple months. Yep, 
that makes the most sense. Um, the, the next topic is spend less than you make. And I've talked about this forever, uh, the pay yourself first mantra, which I credit all my financial success to, to that one story. And listen back on the podcast to Grandpa Vitti and his sound advice. Um, without it, I definitely wouldn't be in the position that I'm in today. And uh, I think someone said it. I'm not sure which quoting somebody where it says that doesn't matter how much you make it's how much you save something along those lines and and i think i'm a big believer in that um to the point where sometimes i wonder uh you know if if if, if i'm doing the right thing um uh, and that'll be for another podcast we're planning some good topics over the next uh several weeks some guests that'll be joining us and and different topics that we're coming up with so stay tuned just the little plug jody as i as I rant on uh, spending less than you make. But there's a lot of truth to it. Um, if you make $1,000, uh, make sure you're spending less than $1,000. When I mean spending less, not nine, $999 and you're putting a dollar away. You know, substantial amount should be going towards savings. I would say minimally 10% needs to go into a savings account. Um, if not, you know, 15% and try to push that boundary. All right, try to push that limit. So if you start at, start at 10%. Start at 5% if that works for you. Uh, but put something away and make sure you, you keep ratcheting that up. Jody, what's your take when it comes to spending less than you make? You fully agreed. Absolutely. It's the same with, with trying to lose weight, right? I mean, you got you to gotta eat less than you burn. Um, it's, the, it's the same thing. Uh, and, and getting into the habit of saving on a regular basis um, alongside of what you spend, uh, you know, paying your bills whether it's your mortgage or your rent or your utility or your whatever, um, making that savings line part of your regular, you know, paycheck to paycheck spending plan, um, setting aside that money and not drawing down on it will really help. And, and you'll be surprised if you just let it fly, how fast that'll build up. And then you'll see it start to build and you'll start to get a little more aggressive with it. Say, wow, that didn't even hurt. Right. And look, I got that little pile of money there. Let's double it. Let's see what we can do. Um, it, it gets addictive and, and I have this gamify kind of personality too. So if you can make anything into a game I'm in, I've created a game for myself with, <laughs> with my Excel spreadsheet, right? Oh, can I do this? Can I do this? And if I change that number, it changes that formula. And then if I do that and look how much my, whoa, that's really cool. Uh, you know, so I go down a rabbit hole there and my wife comes, you know, to my, in, well, now I'm set up in the office in the garage. She comes in the, in the garage and she, she looks at me, she goes, you okay? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, we're great. We're great. Everything's cool. <laughs> it's so funny you say that, Jody, because we've talked about this in the past. And I just recently, when I say recently, probably in the last year and a half, I, I came back to formally paying myself first. And I don't know why I got away from it for a while. And it probably hurt me financially that I've gotten away from the formal practice of it, um, where every time I get paid, I get my paycheck. I know that I pay myself, and I and I, I there's a whole convoluted way I have to do it because of my uh, accounts. But uh, what I literally do is when I get a paycheck and I see that digital alert come up, I actually pull out my checkbook and I write a check to myself. I physically write a check to myself and I deposit it into this other account. And and to your point, Jody, that gives me joy, and I'm also kind of 
pushing myself on the limit. How much could I put away this time, right? How much room is there? Can I, how much, and I try to maximize what I could put away. So I could see the gamification, if that's the right word or is a word, um, that I do. And, and it's very, very um, thrilling. And it's, it's the bright spot of myself getting paid, which is great. And it comes down to making sure, and we've talked about this in previous episodes, you work hard for your money. You got to put some of this money away from yourself. And it also ties into the next topic, which is build up cash for a rainy day. The two are tied hand in hand because, boy, it is going to rain. You are going to have problems financially in life and you have to have that rainy day fund. So if you're spending less than you make and putting that percentage away, I don't care if you're even before college, right? If you got a summer job, you, you always have to follow these mantras. Uh, but building up cash for a rainy day and having it in that emergency fund is key. Jody, what's your take when it comes to the emergency fund? Yeah, you know, and, and I'm thinking as you're talking here, Paul, you know, making sure that we're focusing on and you are focusing on um, addressing the concerns of the high school student who's looking at going to college. Right. And how do you manage all this? Because high school students have jobs and they're not making tons of money. Right. <laughs> they're working. They're working simpler jobs. They're not they're not making, you know, full time salaries, enormous amounts of money that's going to pile up in any fast kind of a way. And so it's really, really important, maybe even more important for them to be putting aside this money first. Um, you know, the, the 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 old sort of movie version of how, you know, a high school kid having a job was like having a job so they can save for a car, having a job so they could save for you know, this fun thing that they want to do. And now I just feel like there's so much pressure on high school kids, um, especially to to work these jobs so they can just put it in a bank account and they can pay for school. It seems so boring. And when you're, you know, when you're 17 and 18 years old, it seems like not a lot of fun. Right. Um, and so maybe that's why it's so much more important to do what we're talking about here, Paul, which is spending less than you make and building up that cash, including that cash for a rainy day, whatever that rainy day is defined as. Um, being smart, uh, I think, with your money is the, is the best thing that a young person can do. Um, really, really challenging for someone to do, especially when you're young and you want to have a good time with your friends. Um, but just take that approach, like you said, Paul, to, to paying yourself first and putting aside some money and making sure that there's some cash there, there's some money there when you need to draw down on it for whatever that thing is, including school. Yep, absolutely. And it took me a long time to learn those lessons. Like I said, I didn't have that. I just figured it out 10 years ago. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, I figured it out with Grandpa Vidi in the car. And you can listen back on the episodes about the Pay Yourself First episode. Um, that's when I figured it out. And I got through high school. I got through college. And I was still paycheck to paycheck, and, and, and it was amazing. So if, if everyone out there can – that's the other thing I guess you want to take away today is you know pay yourself first. I know it, it's not fun. It's not pretty, but it's something that you should be doing. And if you can make it automatic, that's another way to do it. So our good friend uh, Will Powell talked about that on one of the podcasts where we had him as a guest where um, you know if, you, if it disappears out of your paycheck – and Jody, you touched upon this before – you don't miss it as much, right? And that's the the whole um, reason why you know people don't have as much hard uh, don't have a hard time saving in their four hundred one ks is because it kind of just disappears from your paycheck, just like your medical insurance and your taxes. A certain percentage goes to your retirement fund, right? So if you can make it automatic uh, to a savings account, I would do that too. So if you have a problem with physically, you know, uh, being 
financially disciplined to do it yourself, let, let the automatic um, tools that are out there now do it, right? So when you auto deposit that paycheck into your checking account, have 5% of it drawn off and, and, and put into a separate savings account. Um, the, the next topic that we're going to touch upon is use your school loans for school. <laughs> Believe it or not, there are people out there that get school loans and then they go buy themselves a new car, um, which is amazing to me, but it's possible. Um, but it's something to think about. Use it for school. Make sure it's for school expenses. Be very careful. Um, Jody, what's your take when it comes to school loans and using them for school? You shouldn't even have to really make this a topic, but believe me, there are plenty of people out there that are using school loans for other than school or school expenses. Well, there are plenty of people who do, and they use it for something else, and they get in trouble with it. I'm not an accountant, but I have heard it said that um, when you take out a loan for tuition and you go and you spend it on other things, and granted, there are other things that are involved in going to school. It's not just paying for glasses. That there are certain things that that do not become tax deductible uh, or trigger some kind of an income proposition um, when you spend it on a car or food or something else that's not tuition and books. So be re be really careful. Ask your tax professional when you execute this plan, however you plan to pay for it, especially if you're taking a loan. Ask your tax professional. If I spend it on this, even if it's like buying a bus ticket, you know, if I spend it on this and not that, am I going to trigger a taxable event? Be really, really careful. Don't dig a hole deeper because you take a loan and then you spend it on the wrong thing. Um, use, you're right, Paul. Use your loans for school. And that really means tuition and everything that happens in the classroom. The next topic is work study is okay. Um, I, I did it. I'm the example. Um, I worked all throughout college, and Jody, I think you remember that. Uh, I had a full-time job. Um, I had a whole plethora of living on campus, living off campus. It was very sporadic the way I lived on campus. I probably wasted a lot of money living on campus, but the bottom line was um, I worked and went to school both full-time. Probably not optimal, but that's what I did. And so, you know, if, if you have to have a, a part-time job while you're in college, there's nothing wrong with that. I think it could help you in the long run. Um, and I think it could be beneficial to have a job. Um, but once again, it, it, it comes down to, you know, um, careful planning and, and need, right? If you need to have a job uh, in order to pay for college, then you have to work it into your plan. The next topic is uh, no college, no problem, right? These rules still apply to if you're going to trade school, if you're going to the military, or right out into the real world, into the into the workforce. Um, like I said at the top of the podcast, my nephew is a welder, and he is on his way to definite financial success. Um, in the first year out, man, he's doing amazingly well. Great job, great opportunity. He's capitalizing on his skills. Uh, that he learned in high school, um, and he's just going to keep pushing and advancing. And and it's just, to me, a testament to do what you love, don't look back, and you know you could really uh, move the ball forward incredibly fast, right? This kid is a go-getter, very proud, like I said, of both my niece and nephew. Um, so, you know, stay tuned. Uh, hopefully one day we'll have him on the podcast. Um, uh, he can give his insights as a young man. I would love to have him on the podcast. Yeah, it, it really is. Uh, it, it, it would be something. So something, something we could try to shoot for. Um, and that the last, so what's your take Jody, when it comes to, 
no college, no problem. I fully, I fully agree. I, I, college is not for everybody, and not everybody needs college to go do the thing in life that they want to do. And your story just, just bear that out. Um, you gotta, you gotta follow what your passion is. That's easy, it's easy to sit back and say, and hard to do, you know. But, but you really do need to figure out the thing you want to do in life. I mean, the path that I took. Yes, I went to four years of college with you at Fordham, Paul. Um, I went there because they had a radio station. <laughs> right. I went there because I wanted to be on the radio. I was an English major. This is probably one of the u- most useless undergraduate degrees you can have. Um, and But I went there for the radio station. I was on the radio for four straight years, every single day, learning the craft of being on the radio. Because uh, that's what I wanted to do. And when I graduated, I got a job on the radio in New York City. Um, that's what I paid for. So in that sense, it was almost like a like a trade school because I was learning a trade. Um, I, I spent more time at the radio station than I spent in a classroom when I was at four years of college. Um, follow the thing that you want to do. Figure out the thing you want to do and how the, the, the straightest and most efficient path there is to going and doing that thing and don't apologize to people and don't look back. Just go do your thing. That's amazing. Yeah, that that's some great advice. And, and I think it leads to the last topic, uh, to your point, and I think I heard it in your voice when you were talking about your radio experiences. You got to have fun, right? So whether you're going to college, going to trade school, going into the military, going into the workforce, you just finished high school, have a little fun uh, and, and, and try to enjoy life. I think that I know that's not really a financial recommendation, but something that I probably wish I had done more of is to have a little more fun uh, when I got out of uh, high school. But Jody, what's your take when it comes to just having fun uh, once you graduate? Well, why else are we here, man? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, yes, you got to bear down. We talk about you have, you have to bear down and do all these things and plan and budget and pay yourself first and set yourself up and everything. Why bother with all that if it doesn't end up being fun? I mean, the reason you do all that stuff is to get to the place where you're enjoying life, right? So find ways to enjoy life as you move along through it. Uh, you don't have to live like a monk for, you know, all of these. That's a hard, maybe a bad phrase. But I mean, you know, you don't have to live, right? With just all the money goes into this account and that account. And I don't have two cents to rub together in my pockets. And I'm never going anywhere. I'm not going out with my friends. And I'm not having fun. You can figure that out, too. I mean, we do that, too, with our budget. Um, you know, with, with, with two kids and everything we have to pay for and we still have a line in there that's got a little fun in it. Um, and you've got to bake that in too. figure out how it all comes together to balance out your life. Talk about monks and balance. There you go. Whoa, <laughs> meta. Uh, but you know what I mean? Um, figure out how to have some fun in there. Uh, be, be, you can be saving and planning and having fun at the same time. Yep. I, I couldn't agree more. Um, so I guess we'll jump into the summary recap. For me, this past week, I think it's remain calm, spend less than you make, um, and have some fun, and be careful with credit cards. I, I think those are probably the four mantras that I'm taking away from this week. But Jody, what's your recap uh, for this week? I think my recap is I would talk directly to the high school kids and even the college kids who may be listening to this. And, and, and this is my advice. Take it for what you want from this, this old, almost 50-year-old uh, guy. Um, th- this world is yours. <laughs> it's whatever you want to do with it. 
and it's not going to happen unless you do something with it. So go do it. Don't wait. Don't wait for people's permission. Don't wait for someone to give you an idea or a plan. If you want to accomplish something, figure out what you want to accomplish, figure out the path to get there, and then go and do it. Oh, very cool. Very cool. Well, Jody, I thoroughly enjoyed our discussion today, and I'm personally looking forward to the next one. Thanks, everyone, for downloading our podcast. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at financialdads at gmail.com or check us out on Facebook. Just go to financialdads.com. So with that, this is Paul and Jody reminding you, managing finances can be stressful, but that's why the Financial Dads are here to help you plan for success. Have a good one, everybody. Be well, and thank you. Thank you.